All right, so hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for joining us. I have Chris Sheridan on the line. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great today. Thanks. And Chris is my intrepid co-host, and I appreciate you being here. Uh, I am your host, Jason Napolitano. We're here each week with esoteric, spiritual, psychological, magical, etc. Uh, type subjects. And today we have one of the uh, one of the more abstract concepts that we're going to be dealing with, which is hard to put your finger on, but it's something we all understand uh, when we talk about it, and that is intuition, intuition. So we'll be speaking about that in a moment. I wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners and all of our supporters out there. We appreciate you guys uh, who support us financially. Uh, and if you do get something out of the show, please share with your friends uh, and family if you think uh, there's something that they might dig in terms of what we're doing here. Um, share on social media and so forth. We need, uh, we need your support to get us out there. We are trying to expand in 2020, the year of clear vision, as we talked about before. Uh, try to get more of this positive stuff out there. Uh, you can support us at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye or support us by buying our books. Uh, Chris's book is The Spirit in the Sky and mine is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. All right, so we've been doing this show so long now, I can do that spiel in, in under two minutes now, uh, which is good. I used to ramble through that whole that whole thing in a much longer fashion before. You remember that in, the, in the early in the early in the early days, <laughs> early of, days of last year when we started this thing. So at any rate, we're talking about intuition today. Let's just jump right into it. We have no outline. We're going strictly from intuition today. So we're putting into practice ah. the very intuition that we're going to talk about. So there you go. Let you wrap your mind around that. It's uh, it's one of those things where you're looking into uh, like like I actually I don't know why this I'm reminded of this, but it goes kind of deep into into things. I, I, I was it was on uh, Mad Men. Did you ever watch that show, by the way? Uh, just bits and pieces. I didn't okay. get on board. So Sally, who is Don Draper, the man was talking to this kid, Glenn, who's kind of her little boyfriend or whatever. And they're uh, and for some reason they were going off into abstract uh, thinking, and uh, they were talking about how could you know the land of lakes woman. On this is going to go. This is an old old thing, mind you. It's a butter. It's it's butter, and I think it still has the same package design. But the apparently the land of lakes. Uh, there's it's like a Native American woman or something, mm-hmm. and she's holding mm-hmm. she's holding a land of lakes. I know where butter. this is going. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, I've so seen then, it in real life. I didn't see it on TV, but I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. So then, so then you 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 go deep down the rabbit hole. So the land of lakes woman is holding a, a land of lakes butter in her hand that is the same image that is the image that you're looking at, and so you think, well, how deep do the land of lakes butter images go? You know what I mean? So, so it's her, you know, holding a package of her, holding a package of her. So there you go. Picture Intuition, and picture, a picture and a picture yeah. and a picture infinitely deep. So that's where hopefully we won't get caught in the land of lakes, butter package. I remember but, seeing um, that as a kid going to a barbershop yeah. back when I used to, you know, get my hair cut and things. Well, uh, so we're talking way, <laughs> way back. I think I was way compelled back. at that point. I was, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but there would be the mirrors were exactly opposite each other. And if you just kind of told you you had to one side, you would see this infinity tunnel. Oh, yeah. Of yeah, the yeah. mirror, yeah. you know, yeah. hitting the other mirror, hitting the other mirror. And it just went on forever. And it was like, wow, where's it go? You know, it was really yeah. cool. 
So uh, this has nothing to do with intuition, but Google the Land of Lakes butter butter uh, package and see what we're talking. Well, there's about. also yeah yeah there's a, kind of a more X-rated version of it, or I guess R-rated. Um, <laughs> you can do with the uh, yeah. Was that involved in the Mad Men too? The it was not. But what what is oh, that by well, the way? The way she's holding, or the position, I should say, whether she's holding the butter package, you know, of her holding okay. the butter package, is, you know, in her chest area. And in her, if, chest, ch- in her chest area. Well, okay, in her chest, be, the chest, the chest ch- level. The chest she's region. Holding region. Her, yeah. You know. I'm with you. Okay. And then if you actually cut out, I don't know, it's, yeah, I probably shouldn't even say it. You cut out her <laughs> knees on the, on the back of it and you tape it behind you and you cut out the butter thing and it looks just like she's splashing you. Uh, oh my I goodness! That, so, and then now hold it's, on. it's like the man in the camel. It's hard. To, you know, we're talking about advertising subliminal message. Yeah. You should do a topic yeah, on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard exactly. not to see it once you've seen it once, you know, or once okay. you aha, like oh my gosh, you know, or the highlights magazine. You know, there's a tricycle in a tree. You know, sure. once you see it, it's like wow, you see it everywhere. But um, anyway. you know what's funny about that? It's like the uh, that whole idea of subliminal advertising and all that. You know, that was and you know if you're younger. You probably haven't heard of this because this is stuff that they talked about a lot in the in the seventies and and eighties and and actually the sort of inception of it was in the late forties and early fifties, which is actually before Chris and I's time as well. So, but okay, the boomer. point is, yeah, <laughs> boom. I'm not okay. First I'm of all, just, you're I'm closer not, to know, you're closer to a boomer than I am. I, you just you way. just had a, a, a recent birthday, so I can uh, uh, a oh, little okay. bit of grief. All right. Okay, no, you're, you're not. Definitely. You're not feel, boomer level, but it's, 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 you know, no, I'm not. Yeah. yeah, but I I do appreciate that. Though. Thank I'm, you. I'm more or less on the cusp, but I'll I'll uh, yeah I'll defer. <laughs> no, yeah, but I'll defer. <laughs> Thank you. But here's an interesting thing, though. By the way, just speaking, I'm I'm not I'm going to stop with my subliminal uh, advertising ideas because where is intuition leading us is is completely away from intuition. But so that's how you get, get there. It's actually subliminal that's advertisement not... is working on your subconscious. Yeah. It level is it's trying it? to fit you at a yes you're seeing and hearing say an yeah. advertisement um but you're sensing or a part of you uh is sensing something sensing. else or a different sensory right, aspect is being so i think it actually there goes you go. it, it, it goes uh, hand in hand you're right you know because what what they're trying to do is to create what you know they're trying to engineer what you think is an intuitional response to something in a way do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I just suddenly like for I'm like, low on butter. Like, Let's go to the store. I'm low on butter. I need a, I need a land of lakes butter right now. <laughs> or no, but I mean the classic thing was is how they how this whole sort of subliminal advertising thing is they made this illegal as well as they they tested out in a movie theater. They slipped in like I think one or two frames of a of a picture of a Coke, a Coca-Cola, and they noticed that people at, you know, quickly after showing that would go to the lobby and purchase soda. And, you know, they'd see this in theater after theater. So they ended up making it, you know, illegal to do this, but, um, well, it's still being done. It's just a little more. It is being done. I think, I think it is still being done. And I think that now I don't even think there's, there's probably not even really, probably no one cares anymore. (laughs) I mean, everything that, you know, people used to, you know, sort of rail against and be fearful of is a part of common life now. I mean, it's, you know, people have no real even sense of kind of, security or privacy anymore i mean the internet has almost nearly taken that away from us you know we've given it away 
for a coupon or a, you know, a 10% discount, you know, given like slowly, but surely we've given away every piece of personal information we have and it's out there somewhere. Right. So, you know, these things are a little bit different now. Anyway, the point, the point is, is they were trying to manufacture, you know, fake intuition in essence, like all of a sudden I just feel like I want a soda and I don't know why, but it was created in me. So they see this, there's the power of sort of manufactured intuition. So speaking of intuition, this is where one of the things like, you know, we've got to talk a little bit about this and then we can go into it. But first of all, you know, what, what is intuition? What do we mean by that? Uh, so let's kind of, let's kind of define that. Why don't I, I'm going to pass it over to you and you kind of give me your ideas on what you think intuition is. And then I'll go into mine and, and we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Right. All right. Well, generally intuition is an internal sense of knowing or like an inner wisdom, or you're, you know, about to meet somebody and you get a kind of a weird feeling or a signal that says, oh, I better be careful with this, um, or be wary of, of this business dealing or something that you, you're getting some, there's some sixth sense that is giving you information on what to do next and how to go about it. And we like to think of, oh, if it's my intuition, that means it's correct and it's benevolent, and it's for the right reasons. And I would say that's probably true. I think what happens, though, sometimes we either uh, aren't in tune with this intuitive faculty uh, that we either ignore it or just miss it. Or maybe what, you know, in movies, there's, there's like a devil on, on the shoulder on one side, then an angel on the person's shoulder on the other side, and one telling him to yeah, do the bad thing, go rob the bank, and the other one, no, mm-hmm. no, please don't. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to think the intuition is being, and I think it probably is, you know, a truer sense of what's going on. It's just that by the time it gets to us, uh, we've maybe reinterpreted it to, to mean something. Uh, mm-hmm. So if your dog talks to you and tells you to, you know, harm somebody, or if at three in the morning you get this intuitive compulsion to go to the fridge and, you know, eat through everything in the house, um, that's probably not your intuition, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's an inner voice, but that's, that's the sense that, that I get of it, that it's uh, okay. one of our yeah. you know, inner voices, but it's, it's generally a better, more constructive one that we should trust. Uh, although yeah. I would, with that, I would say, make sure you know that that's the voice you're listening to and you're listening correctly, uh, instead of misinterpreting. That's a good point. Uh, some yeah. Inner... We'll go and we'll go deeper yeah, into yeah. kind of how, right. how we can know, uh, the difference between intuition and maybe outside influences or negative, you know, programming or feedback or, you know, even psychic chatter that we might pick up on from someone else, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. There, there's an interesting thing in there, too, that you talked about, that devil and angel on the shoulder. This is where sometimes intuition can be sort of conflated or even sometimes confused with, um, with morality uh, or ethics, Right. So there's this, you know, and that's uh, an interesting thing, too, like the right and wrong things to do. And they are related to intuition to some degree, but they're also, you know, part of, I think, our moral compass, let's call it, or even some, you know, social or, you know, cultural learnings that we picked up that seem like they're intuition now and they, they're at odds with each other. Uh, but they're definitely closely related morality and conscience uh, and intuition. Uh, intuition though, I would go, I would say that it goes a bit further than morality or goes a bit further than, than, you know, the conscience in a sense of it's almost like, um, 
there's a precognition to it or something, a factor that's an unknown factor. And since it is unconscious, it is somewhat mysterious. And, you know, how it manifests as an image or, you know, a uh, sort of sensation in the pit of your stomach or just a feeling or a, uh, a drive to do something or not do something, a hunch. These are all things I think of when I think of intuition. Um, I'll give an example that I have found really interesting. So my mom and her friends uh, grew up obviously uh, during, well, not obviously, but they grew up during the, uh, during the sixties, early sixties. My mom's pretty young. Um, and, uh, you know, when she was a kid, they used to go down to these different lakes and, you know, up in, up in the Seattle area. And there was a lot of, uh, places that kids would go, they would cruise and they would hang out at these, these kind of, not really beaches, but just these sort of areas on lakes that, uh, that kids would kind of congregate, you know, Green Lake was one such place and Lake Sammamish and, you know, uh, and, and on the east side. And so this means nothing to anyone who's not from Seattle. But the point is, is that this was the time, by the way, when uh, Ted Bundy was active. So he uh, he would, and I'm sure people have seen, you know, things on him. He was a serial killer who killed young women in, in the Seattle area and elsewhere. I think Florida as well, right? Florida and somewhere else. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. But the point is, I, I'm I'm not one of these morbid followers of serial killers. So I don't know all the facts, but the point is, is that one of my, my mom's friends actually, uh, and I'm 99.9% sure that she, this is a true thing. She, she actually at one point uh, was at one of these lakes and he used to kind of cruise around and, you know, hunt for victims at these kinds of things was almost picked up by Ted Bundy. She was hitchhiking as everyone did in the sixties and seventies. And, you know, he, he, you know, drove up and seemed like a perfectly nice guy and she kind of, you know, needed a ride somewhere and he offered to take her there and so on. And she, you know, she, she felt something in the pit of her stomach, didn't, didn't follow through with it. And then years, years later, when she saw, you know, the, when he was taken into custody and all this, she had remembered this event, you know, vividly. And this is a person who has a very good memory for faces and is a very intuitive person. And I, and I trust it. So, Something told her not to get into this car. And I think this is the kind of thing when we think about intuition that, you know, it reminds us of these, these sort of feelings or sensations we get to do or not do something that, you know, that, that protect us in a way, right? right? So oftentimes, you know, we think of the intuition, you know, you hear Manly Hall had that great thing. We were talking about this before the show. He talks about intuition as being part of the, the coordinator within. It's like a function of the coordinator you know, and, and that might be the higher self or, you know, in Jungian terms, the self, the organizing principle within um, in magic, that's called the holy guardian angel, the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel, mm-hmm. you know, so in Greece, that would be the daemon. Uh, well, and he calls Rome this as the, well. uh, the mental coordinator, the and... mental coordinator and the, the function he, I'll just jump in really quick, but the function yeah, yeah, he please. outlines uh, that this mental coordinator does is it takes all your sense sensory input, you know, your, what you see and think and, you know, whatever's coming in. It also goes in through your memories and past experience uh, that you have within you. So it kind of really is an intuition, even though it might be guided by universal and higher spiritual uh, ideals yeah. uh, and principles. 
that it comes through you because it needs to be a message for you. But that's what this mental coordinator does. It, it looks at all this stuff and weighs it. And because we can't really recall, especially in a very fast paced <laughs> situation, we can't mm-hmm. really go back and remember banks and recall, oh, what did I do in the past about this? Um, yeah, he, that, that's what this mental coordinator does, that it's it's kind of it's the over processor of all the memory banks and yeah. experiences and, well, and connections and data that's the, coming in yeah. connections to the unknown as well. The collective mm-hmm. unconscious, the, you know, the a higher form of knowing that we, we you know that we might call intuition like we're talking about and so on. It anal- it seems like it analyzes and in, is in touch with all those various parts of ourselves to make an informed decision that goes beyond rational thinking. So most and, of the time we, well, go ahead. Oh, and then, then it sends you a message based yeah, on right? all this, based on all evidence that and analyzing, right? you know, the, the yeah. larger parts of our, cause we can't really recall everything, but there is the belief that everything, every word that was ever spoken to us, everything we had ever seen or heard mm-hmm. is somehow mm-hmm. stored in there. Uh, unless there's, you know, some, you know, physical damage or something. Well, that just, would be the personal unconscious, right? Everything's in there. Yeah, yeah, that is sort and that's yeah. where this, you know, coordinator can can dip into um, all of Well, those. then going, yeah, exactly. And beyond, going, like you said, beyond that. further. Sure. Um, into so. the collective unconscious or the what might be called the Akashic records or into the ether or, you know, some sort of some sort of, uh, you know, informational source beyond um, personal. Something non-local, like uh, non-local. Sure. The same quantum physics that. Yeah, one thing can have a direct effect on something else, even though they can be miles or light years apart and not really connected or communicating through any known means. That's what that non-local, you know, you don't have to be next to it. So yeah, perhaps your mother getting this non, maybe it was even out of time. Yeah, <laughs> my mom's friend actually, but yeah. Or friend, yeah. you know, was... Uh, yeah. um, you know, got that intuitive mm-hmm. insight. Yeah. Um, it wasn't yeah. just what's in front of you. It's, it's, sure. you know, it, it's coming into your being, if you're being um, involved in this situation where you need this intuitive insight. Yeah. Uh, well, how often do we hear this story or even we have these own, our own kind of examples of this in our own life? Like something told me not to do that but I did it anyway. And X, Y, Z happened, you know, some disastrous mm. result. Right. And I should or have trusted my intuition. To, and I should have trusted yeah. my, something told me not to turn down that street. Something told me not to go up to that door, you know, and it's like, that's where learning to tune into and trust our own, uh, you know, our own guidance system within, you know, can really help us. By the way, I want to go back a couple of minutes and comment on how that dog uh, that was just barking sounded a little bit different. Was that a different dog? Is, do we have a new dog in the mix or was that just a different place and I'm getting a different sound uh, vibe? Yeah, it sounded like only one dog. It sounded like one dog. Yeah, maybe the other two someone, dogs are out for a walk, and, and that one was it could be lonely. A, yeah, nor, I guess normally, I guess normally of the variety of, of voices, like there, there are there's course, a range of, of there's dog a range noises. of dog yeah. dog noises. I'm you not fluent in dogs, so I don't know. I'm not either. I'm not either. But I, I I can discern their different their different voices. And I will say this: we're on good. We're, we have good company with the dogs barking in the background because I was listening to um, some. Ann Davies, the Reverend Ann Davies from BOTA, the builders of the Aditum, 
uh, which uh, is a is an organization in Los Angeles that Paul Foster Case started. It's, uh, she has some great um, lectures that are online. If you just look up BOTA and Davies, uh, the BOTA group in New Zealand puts them up. But uh, nearly every episode, there's a dog barking in the background. It's fantastic, right. and she's doing the doing that from their uh, their location over. Uh, they're in. Uh, they're in Los Angeles, and they're in. I can't remember exactly where they are. Was it Highland they? Park or? Uh, oh, they're on. They're on Figaro. It's in High, yeah. uh, Highland Park area. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And I think even then it was kind of kind of uh, a rough neighborhood. And I think that's. I think those dogs were guard dogs, actually. Yeah. Well, not a bad so idea. Now, now that area is awful. I, it's. I think it's gentrifying a it's little bit, but uh, gentrifying quite a bit. Yeah. Has it? Yeah. Eagle Rock. Because they. Um, so oh, yeah, Eagle, Rock, Eagle Rock used to be a pretty rough neighborhood too, actually, mm-hmm. back in the day. Well, yeah, there's still parts I that's... wouldn't, you know, don't feel yeah. comfortable around. But I don't. You, you know, really need your. I live near Pasadena. Those... It's all chill here. It's, it's... I was going to say you're 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 off in the suburban wonderland over there, aren't you? So, you, you know. But anyway, speaking of intuition, you know, you really need your intuition if you're going to be uh, roaming around out in some of these bad neighborhoods in LA. Keep your eyes open and your senses open. Okay, so I completely got off track talking dogs and so on. Oh, speaking of though, we conjured me. them back up again. So I did. And that was important. Uh, speaking of that though, that does actually tie into uh, what we're talking about. You know, animals, uh, and we just did a show on animals and animal spirits and so on. Check that out if you haven't heard it. Um, you know, are running, you know, nearly as far as we can tell, 100% on intuition and instinct. And, you know, oftentimes we'll see in our dreams, dogs or animal figures and so on. And they do generally represent an instinctual, more intuitive side of ourselves. You know, and you look at one of some of the language that we use for, for, you know, for how we and how animals intuit things and know things, you know, is really interesting because we'll say, you know, you know, a dog, for example, has a great sense of smell, you know, he sniffed out this or that thing, or, you know, you know, and with ourselves, we'll say I had a feeling in my gut or my heart told me to do this or that, you know, it's interesting to see how intuition is a non-rational, difficult to explain sort of a faculty but we do tend to describe it with bodily sensation most of the time or with sort of um, feeling oriented words. Well, it's usually never located you know, so, in the head. And it's not located in the head, You might say I have intuitive insight, but that's more like a insight. vision or something. But yeah. It's, you don't have an intuitive, you know, thought or conclusion <clears throat> or, no. you know. A no rational exactly. argument, <laughs> an intuitive rational. Well, it's a different, it's it, a different faculty, isn't it? It is. It comes from well. There's the heart mind. Uh, I know Buddhists talk about you know the intelligence of the heart, not just the physical organ, but the spiritual heart. That uh, yeah. And I think as far they're doing testing now that the heart is shown to put out like more electronic vibrations uh, or more intensity, more powerful than the brain. It's actually wow. detectable uh, yeah. in some way as a sensory uh, organ um, that, that does more than just pump the blood, that there is uh, 
you know, it can secrete enzymes and hormones, mm-hmm. um, you know, that the body needs at the time. Um, so yeah, there is, there is intelligence, um, in that. And you're right in the gut, I had a gut feeling in the pit of my stomach. I can feel yeah. it in my bones. These are all not in the head. <laughs> no, it's exactly. anywhere, but really, uh, so we're kind of talking about a body knowing, but you're right. It's like animals. And I guess that's the difference, you know, like where instinct and intuition, uh, are distinguishable from uh, intelligent or uh, logical or reason or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. left brain kind of thought. Yeah. Uh, I would just say one's more in the head and the other one's probably a little more in the heart, uh, but we need them all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, what we're talking sure. about um, something that's, that really doesn't, we don't seem to consciously conjure it up. It's subconsciously conjured or unconsciously. Exactly. Um, well, and the harder that we, it seems that the harder that we try to think about something or rationalize something, the more we shut off our intuition, which kind of gets, uh, kind of leads us into um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was like how to, how do you get in touch with intuition? How do you develop it? How do you learn to trust it more and discern uh, the different voices or different feelings or different kind of sensations that are coming to you that feel intuitive um you know so we can maybe get into that a little bit i think one of the things that is is a challenge for us in the society that we live in in the west particularly you know in the u.s and canada and european countries and so on we rely so heavily on rational thinking and we prize it so highly you know that our whole society basically revolves around that sort of uh that sort of type type typology in essence you know we favor it somebody i'm speaking of typology jung's typology and you know this you know the intuition is one of the ways of you know navigating through the world so there's you know in jung's typology you have uh thinking and feeling you have sensation and intuition those are the four four types of uh of faculties that people work with. And, you know, we all possess those different ways of, you know, navigating through the world to a lesser or greater degree. This is what they get into in that um, Myers-Briggs testing and so on. Uh, So you can find out your typology through that. And I highly recommend that. I actually had that done recently and found out my typology. And it's actually pretty illuminating when you see it. You know, you have these, you have a kind of a sense of what you think you are, but then you take these tests and they're, they do seem pretty, pretty darn accurate, I have to say. So at any rate, those are all different, different ways that we navigate through the world. So, you know, thinking is the rational way of kind of like navigating through the world with our, our minds and using logic and so on and reason. Uh, feeling is, is more of a quality of valuing and it, it is involved with emotion, but emotion and feeling are not exactly the same thing. But feeling is, is a nature of like, I like this, I don't like that. And trusting that and moving through a lot of, you know, a lot of designers are, are for example, or artists are heavy in feeling. They're able to discern, like, I love this color of blue. I hate this one. And, you know, people real strong sort of feeling sense of like and dislike of things. Uh, sensation is kind of navigating through the world with, um, you know, touch and feeling and concreteness and doing and action. And that I would say, you know, in the U.S. and in the Western world, we're we're very oriented towards thinking and sensation, an extroverted way. 
Uh, and then intuition is, is the last one. And even Jung had trouble defining exactly what intuition was. And he's, you know, an intu very intuitive type as most uh, really, you know, good counselors and, you know, visionaries are. Um, so, you know, that intuition is kind of, you know, even as a function, as one of the four functions, it's still, it's difficult to define even in psychological terms. And they kind of just have to describe, well, it's a hunch or it's a way of feeling. It, int intuition in the Jungian sense is like the ability to sort of discern kind of what's going to happen down the line and to create a visionary kind of ways of seeing the world. And, you know, you see the potentiality in things and, you know, it's, it's, you know, the classic sort of visionary entrepreneurs usually have a lot of intuition or an intuition, highly developed intuitional function, you know, Steve jobs and those kinds of people that kind of see the potentiality of something and really are able to, you know, take it to the next level and so on. So those are all forms of intuition. You really don't want to go on too long with this, but I just wanted to kind of introduce that in the scheme of typology, Jungian typology. Uh, but, but, you know, it's a big part of that. So anyway, so discerning, let's get into discerning intuition, developing intuition. I'll let you talk about that a little bit if you've got something to say about that. And then we'll, we'll kind of explore that developing, maybe develop, maybe start with developing intuition ways to do that, that you've, you've come across or that you, you know, that you've experienced. So, yes, uh, since intuition is a different way of knowing and thinking uh, than using our logical mind brain um, part, one way to connect with the, our intuition is to just disconnect from the other, because that's, you're right, you know, we're in this kind of world that um, really values that, you know, there's a lot of thinking, mm -hmm. you look something up, you Google it. Wikipedia, you got to find the answer, and there's a lot of it's at our fingertips now. We can get yeah. to this a lot of information, um, but it's it's not really that's not where your intuition is. Um, no, so I think just unplugging from it's not like you have to run out and chase this intuition. Where are you? I'm going to track you down and find you. Uh, it kind of finds you. Uh, it's a little it's like fishing. <laughs> Wait for the fish. Uh, that, uh, but if we can just disconnect from the other, like anything else, if you want to become more calm and more centered, try to disconnect from the chaos and the attachments and the distractions and those things, whether it's a physical retreat where you take your body <laughs> somewhere else, or you can just go in your closet and do it, uh, you know, in private or in your car, anywhere you can find in your mind, um, to shut off. And again, we talk about meditation relaxation, clearing the mind and get to this no thinking where you're sort of not trying to figure things out. I think that may be where it is. I think a lot of us uh, today seem to, you know, in the world of self-help and everything, it's like, you're just looking for the right answer. Well, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm going to wrap my head around this. And, you know, as soon as I get a handle on things, I'm trying to find out what was the cause of this? Where did this come from? You know, it's a lot of this investigation, a lot of thinking, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, we're not, you know, but even if you are solving a mystery or something, you know, you still need your intuition. So uh, I would, first of all, say just maybe stop the seeking and trying to figure and cipher and uh, use your brain power that way, pull back from it 
maybe even visualize yeah. in your meditation, you know, a, a brain, like a, you know, physiological brain being centered around your chest area, that it's, you know, that there is, it's thinking and sensing and it's processing and, but it's not in your head. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's, um, you know, again, meditation, breathing, you know, quietude, there's even apps on the, uh, the new smartwatches that, you, know, you push a button in and it has a little breathing thing and it tells you when to breathe and when not to breathe and it'll check your heart rate. It's, it's, it's a real biofeedback uh, oh, interesting. kind of thing that you can wear now. And uh, I think that can, because it, it's, if you're focusing on the little lotus blossom that's opening up when you're supposed to inhale and it closes back when you exhale and it buzzes your wrist a little bit with the haptic uh, sensor thing, um, because you can do it with your eyes closed, you know, there's a, a sensory feel thing. Um, you know, if you're really focusing on that, you're really not focusing on all the other stuff. So even mm -hmm. something like that, a very positive uh, type of distraction that gets you centered, uh, maybe gets the heart rate down, a little relaxation, a little turning away from the trying to solve and figure. Know that the answer will come, but it may come from a different place. And, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, maybe it's even deeper within. Maybe it really is coming from you. Uh, but it's not from you trying to dig around in your brain and try to, you know, because so many times we've heard this when if you're trying to solve a problem, whether it's figuring out your invention or, you know, what to take your character and act to if you're writing project and you just can't solve it, you know, step away from the computer, um, go for a walk. Uh, and then when you go back and you take a shower, that's, you know, and the soap gets in your eyes and you're rinsing it out. You're going, oh my God, this stings. And it's like, oh, that's it. That's what I need to do for my perpetual motion machine. And I have to, you know, put soap in the bearings and it'll help, you know, or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, you'll, you'll get it. You'll, but it's, it's when you're, a lot of times you really get it or you get that answer yeah. when you're doing something else that you, and you absolutely are not thinking about the problem. You know, the furthest that's thing from point. it. Yeah. So, yeah. but it doesn't, yeah, well, just as a caveat, well, it doesn't mean you just sit back and take showers and go for walks and all the answers are going to come. Yeah, you exactly. still have to work. You're feeding the machine. And that's where in this lecture with me and Hal talks about uh, faculties of intuition. Uh, you're, you're kind of laying out what it is you want. Can you say you that want. again? What is it called? Tra training your faculties uh, of intuition? Oh, yeah. I, I think um, you might have cut out for a second. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times we talk about Manley Hall, uh, Manley Palmer Hall, and his lectures, uh, we draw a lot from, because he has just a great way of putting things. He has one yeah. on intuition. I think it's on YouTube called Training the Faculty of Intuition. That's okay, your, nice. your faculty of intuition. And it's, uh, so it's training you, but you're also feeding this intuitive sense, you know, what it is you want. You know, if you're feeding a lot of negative things, then maybe you'll get an intuitive insight to, you know, do something stupid. <laughs> yeah or it'll, yeah. it'll appear that way <laughs> sure and that's um, not coming from the higher self or the intuition at that point and that's one of those things we have to remember is to you do have to use your rational mind to sort of evaluate what your intuition is telling you to do you know you can't just be purely you know um running on intuition unless you're some sort of an adept or you know and 
some sort of avatar that's, you know, completely connected to God consciousness, then you're not going to make any mistakes. But, you know, for, for those of us who are, you know, living a normal human existence, we definitely have to use the rationality to evaluate those intuitions, right? Well, yeah, if it sounds too good to be true, uh, it yeah. might not be true. If you might have an intuition on it, uh, somebody's trying to scam you with something. Um, but, but there's also, you have to look, you're right. You have to look at what's in front of you and then you can use your rational mind to say, wait a minute, does this make sense? Yeah. This really flies. And it's, if it's destructive and your intuition is telling you something that goes contrary to, you know, your, your own ethical understanding of life or spiritual judgment and so on, if it's telling you to do something destructive or to hurt someone else or to hurt yourself or, you know, to do something in the realm of something that you feel is, is not constructive, not positive, not loving. That is probably not intuition. And I think that, you know, you can, you can, I shouldn't say probably not. It's not, you know, it's, let's be definite about it. Your higher self is not going to tell you to do things that are destructive to yourself or other people. Yes. So if you're getting those messages, yes, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if you're getting those messages, then you can disregard them and, and, you know, know those are not your higher intuition telling you what to do. Right. Right. The only thing that you're in your actual true benevolent intuitive insight uh, might pose a threat to uh, might be some of your crystallized fears or ideas about yourself mm-hmm. um, that are all in your conscious mind. You might get an intuition or an intuitive thing to do something that might be a little out of character, although it may actually be the right thing that you need. Or you, <laughs> intuition might yeah. say, no, that makes sense. Hey, you exactly. know, why don't you order the salad at lunch today instead of the, you know, instead of the burger? And, yeah. you know, we can listen to it or not, um, you know, at that point. But, yeah, it, it, the message itself shouldn't be threatening, although it may rub up against if it is really coming from a higher source, it may rub up against our lower <laughs> ideas lower, of ourselves lower of, and yeah, lower vibrating exactly. things. And that's a good thing because, and I think even then the rational mind will go, yeah, you know what? That intuition is probably right. Or that's a good point. And then you that's can make a, a choice point. and choose not to, you can certainly choose not to follow the sure. intuition, but I think if we're getting on track with this and having a desire to tune in a little more to that, uh, mm-hmm. That's where some of this trust will come in. Sure. And then as we try it and maybe try a little more, then we will grow to rely more on it. And it'll be come eventually, I would think, like a like a friend or some, you know, someone you yeah, can call exactly. up. Someone that's kind of always there and say, you know what, I need, I need a little help with this, a little insight. Sure. Um, and I think that's where, you know, developing your overall character and your overall sort of spiritual self comes into play because intuition will naturally unfold properly if you're in balance you know if you're honest with yourself about who you are and what you're about if you know your diet is is good and you're eating you know wholesome foods and you're trying to you know you're trying to use uh, the best the best possible methodology for for you know feeding the body mind and, and soul the right kinds of stuff and you know you're you're doing your meditation and relaxation you're honest with other people and congruent in your behaviors and thoughts 
um, you're feeding your mind positive, you know, messages and through listening to shows that are positive, you know, reading books, etc. All these things will help develop, you know, your intuition naturally. You can also do meditation, as you talked about earlier, on the heart, also on the, the third eye, which seems like it's part of the mind in a way, or it seems like it's part of that rational thing because it is, you know, in the head, but it really does go beyond it. So you're, you're meditating on that point between the eyes, uh, that higher portion of the mind, and that is connected to that intuitive part that's within you. And it goes beyond the rational thinking and so on if you concentrate on that. So those are a couple of things you can do. Another thing you can do to kind of get away from rational thinking is to work with symbols. So, of course, if you look at your dream symbols, you know, write down your dreams, pay attention to what's going on in your dream life. That's a big, uh, that's a big way to, to get intuitive sort of understanding of certain events in your life. And you'll see how those things unfold. Also, to use, uh, to use tarot cards and the symbolism in tarot cards, uh, particularly... The uh, card number five, the Hierophant, or he's known as the Pope in some decks, uh, that, that, that card that's associated with the Hebrew letter Vav, or Vo, uh, which has the meaning of nail, that's kind of the symbolic meaning of that, and, or, and, or in Hebrew it also means and, so it's this sort of connecting sort of an idea. It connects the it connects ideas together, it, 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 you know, it, there's a sort of intuitional quality to it. Uh, it, and the, the the symbolism in that particular card helps develop intuition, so you can meditate on that card uh, just by kind of looking at it and, and working with the images in that card. Also, the uh, the High Priestess card number two, uh, which is connected to the moon and connected to the subconscious, is another card that that really helps the. Uh, oh, there he is! There he is! Yes, yeah, the that dogs have the bar- That's the barking that I'm that I'm used to. That's the barking I'm used to. Is that one? Um, so those, those, the working with those tarot cards is really helpful. Uh, another thing that's kind of cool, uh, is a, is a shaman, uh, tool that I learned many years ago is you go basically go out into the woods or a park or the desert somewhere where you can kind of be alone, find yourself a decent sized little rock, something you can pick up fairly easily, uh, grab that rock pick it up, go find a nice quiet place to sit and really just kind of stare at one side of it uh, for as long as you care to. And you, you know, you'll start to see and feel something coming from that rock images and so on, whatever a feeling and, 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 you know, a deep intuitional gut feeling, something like that after a certain amount of time, or maybe your mind will wander and some images will come in and so on. For some reason, the, the the rock is a really valuable tool to use. I think it's because it's you know ancient, but also it's you know connected to the earth. It's part of that sort of pre, you know, pre-thinking part of ourselves that gets us in touch with maybe a more natural sort of intuitional and instinctual part of ourselves. There's something solid about holding on to a rock. You know, just I, I've, I've used that tool, and if you have a little notebook with you or something you can write down some of the feelings or thoughts that come up as you're doing that and then you know you can look at that later on that's a good tool to use so those are all ways that you can you can help to develop the intuition but i think it's important to remember like what you said it's something that naturally comes up if you sort of just get out of the way of it you know use your rational mind to to do the work that you can do make your lists do your research 
think about things. You know, this is I when, maybe when you're looking for an intuitional guidance into making a choice, for example, you know, do all the stuff that you can do. Don't, don't try to just, you know, run completely on intuition, but do the work that you can do. And then at some point when you kind of get up against that wall, let it go, take a nap, take a walk, you know, look at some great art, listen to some music, you know, get out of the thinking modality and, and then see what bubbles up, take a nap, you know, meditate and so on. These are all things you can do in sort of contrast to the thinking function. Let the thinking go and, and allow that stuff to bubble up. You know, and people say, oh, it just kind of bubbled up from somewhere or I just had this flash of inspiration or intuition or this. No, you know, all the words that we use do help to describe what we're trying to do. And it's never, well, I like you said, it's never I thought I thought my way into it. And then, you know, I thought and had this intuition and I, you know, or I I discovered this intuition while I was Googling something or, you know, I mean, maybe something will pop up while you're doing work. But but the point is, is that. Intuition is not a direct result of rationalization most of the time. It, it's a sort of indirect response to the work that you've done thinking-wise, and then something else comes in to, to give you the next level of understanding. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. And those are generally the, the two things you know, we rely on our intuition for, and that's what to do next and how to go about it. Because, you know, really, if you're living in the present moment, that's all you need to know anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. About anything. Uh, sometimes I like to think of the intuition you know, as that inner advisor or this mental coordinator like you're talking about, that it's a, another part of you. Uh, but it's almost like somebody I can pass things off to. That, okay, I've done all this work. I can't figure it out. I can't um, remember from The Sound of Music, there was that song, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria? Um, well, sometimes, you know, you don't, um, but you have to just turn it over. That is a uh, West Side Story, my friend. Oh. You said The Sound of Music. Oh. Um... Right? Isn't that West Side Story? How do you solve a problem like Maria? Maria was the, was the, was the girl in West Side Story, right? Or uh, am I thinking something I, yeah, different? I think, I think we're talking, they may be both. Maria. The Sound uh, of Music, the, the, the one where they're running around in, in the Alps? Yeah, well, she I... was an escaped nun or a, uh, you know... Uh, is that is fallen it, okay see i don't mean to call you up but i'm just i i was thinking that because i could be completely wrong but i was thinking that i think we, we maybe a tale of story. two marias uh, i think we have two marias <laughs> I, I involved so. here all right well I'll have dos, to dos marias um, dos marias so anyway after this we'll have to coordinate our facts but yeah my mental speaking, coordinator is not you... solving this problem right now so. <laughs> this problem like maria is it but Neither you can't some problems can't be solved so i like yeah. to think of this this intuitive advisor is like okay i've done all this work like i'm part of yeah. the, the chain in the office and then i've you know i've done all this and I've, then i can just send that to this key you take it to the next step so. yeah exactly and turn exactly. it over that's a that's a great way to put it, and you know it is it is something that that the the rational mind is not really capable of handling oftentimes because if it was, I mean, then it wouldn't you know these problems that we have wouldn't need intuitional guidance, would they? I mean, we'd just go, okay, here's the facts x y z and a b c are the facts, and here's the best decision that I need to make. So obviously, we're caught on the horns of a dilemma, as they say, if we're if we're going to intuition you know, in, in terms of trying to figure things out, but also, you know, they're like, we were talking about, we're also 
one of the real keys, key uses of intuition is in those situations that come up spontaneously, like that situation where my mom's friend had this feeling that she shouldn't get into that car. You know, it's protecting us from something or it's steering us in the right direction. You hear these stories about people that talk about, well, I, you know, I was going to take that flight and, you know, at the last minute I decided to change my flight. And then it turns out that that airplane tragically went down or something. And, Mm. you know, those are the kinds of things where, you know, intuition often saves us from disaster. Well, it does have that premonition quality. That's premonition quality. It's foresight kind of before we act. Uh, Now, yes, getting a premonition about a a plane flight, that's, you know, I guess also an intuitive thing. Um, But even if it's just the immediate thing, what to do next. Yeah. You're in the moment. And a lot of times that's when intuition and some of these other faculties are most available to us is in either a crisis or a potentially uh, dangerous or unknown situation uh, because, because there isn't enough to go on. You don't have enough information in your rational mind. Uh, I think we're, since we're at a loss there, I think we're a little more open uh, yeah. just naturally to, to intuitive insight. I've talked to people that have heard voices in an accident, you know, turn the wheel to the right when, you know, you probably shouldn't, yeah. your, your conscious yeah. mind would have thought it else <laughs> uh, differently. Uh, sure. But that ended up being the right thing to do. And how did I know to do that? And you just, and you're in the moment, you have to kind of trust it. Um, exactly. And I think we do, um, but it would, it would be nice to be uh, increasing this relationship with our sure, intuition without sure. having to rely on, uh, you know, emergency situations or anything. It's more of an emergence, yeah. you know, we're allowing well, this think... to come forth. Yeah. And Manly Hall talked about too, about how, how faith is a factor in, in intuition. In other words, like just a, a faith on some, you know, a faith in something unseen, the universe or God or, you know, your higher self or whatever you want to call it. But just having that basic faith in that power, you know, helps to create uh, more of a connection to that, to that power so that, you know, you can, and, you know, prayer and, affirmation and like we said meditation and so on all play into uh having that that greater trust in that in that power where that intuition comes from you know and connects you to it to a to a greater degree so that's where developing our spiritual life uh through yoga meditation prayer study whatever whatever work you know artistic work dance i mean whatever goes into music whatever goes into spirituality for you rituals etc etc mythology your joy your bliss all of that yeah following all those things and cultivating all those things in your life will give you a greater uh, sense of trust and faith in the in the universe in god and the good orderly direction of life and help you to to get in touch with that intuition. So, you know, it's it's important for us to to do that, especially especially these days when you know we live in a time when you know a lot of things are changing. Obviously, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of challenges, you know, between the sexes and with the idea of masculine and feminine energies and you know, with the patriarchal structure that people are are fighting against and, 
you know, we're trying to develop more, more feminine qualities in general and bring in, you know, more intuitional qualities and so on. Oftentimes, you know, both of us as men and women will, you know, get, get locked into this old way of doing things, thinking that, you know, the thinking, thinking that, right. So using thinking, using, you know, force and rationalization and logic and science to make, you know, and, and sort of more quote unquote masculine traits. And I say this, you know, in, in a sort of uh, a symbolic sense uh, to figure things out tends to be the way things are done. And even as, you know, obviously uh, women are becoming more increasingly involved in the corporate world and in, in you know, business and in politics and so on, oftentimes they're using those same sort of masculine qualities and logical and scientific and sort of hard driving ways of doing things to, to kind of navigate through those worlds, which are sometimes necessary. But then what, what gets lost and you hear a lot of, a lot of women speaking about this is they lose touch with the femininity, the natural power of the femininity within themselves as, as they do that. And that's the thing we need more of in those patriarchal structures It's not a woman who's, you know, going in there and quote unquote, you know, doing things the way a man would, you know, something like this in the, in the old traditional sense of that, the sort of fifties mentality of that. But we need a more enlightened, balanced view that brings in, you know, those more feminine, intuitive, sort of nurturing, communicative styles that you know, are more traditionally known as feminine. Do you know what I mean? And that's where intuition comes from. It comes from the mother intuition. It comes from the great mother. It doesn't come from the father or from the, the, from the sort of, you know, sky God realm or something like that. It comes from the earth and the more sort of nurturing sea oriented, you know, mother Mary type, type energy, you know, Isis and, and these kinds of figures are, are involved with that kind of energy. And that's where intuition comes from, you know, and that's in men as well as women. Both of us have it. Uh, so, you know, that's just, that's something to think about. It's something to think about. It's an aside, but it's definitely something to think about because, you know, sometimes in the technological sort of consumerist commercial world that we live in, we get dominated by these, these, these sort of thinking-oriented, hard-driving, fact-oriented ways of looking at things, and we lose touch with our, our, ourselves, our true selves, our more intuitive and instinctual selves. So something to think about, right? Well, yeah, I would say that, you know, both are true. Our true self, you know, is our intuitive self. Our intuitive yeah. self is part of our true self. I think they really go hand yeah. in hand because otherwise we're selling ourselves short yeah. with just the five senses and just what we can know and think and touch and experiment. Uh, that there, exactly. There's a whole other realm of consciousness that is available to us. It's working all the time, whether we know it or acknowledge it or not. Um, and yes, and it's, again, to reiterate, making that distinction. If it sounds like a bad idea, if it sounds too good to be true um, is probably not a, a true intuitive insight, maybe just a, you know, a self-interest that, you know, comes across as masquerading sure. as a, an intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, our intuition will actually help us with that too. The more we can, you know, we know on some level, 
and we know when we're fooling ourselves, a lot of the mm-hmm. times we want to fool ourselves or deny what we should be doing and do what we want to do. That's, that's yeah. part of our, our nature and, too. And, and exactly. knowing that, I think we can navigate this world, you know, of, of the uh, inner life and intuition. You know, you're, you make a good point with that. The, and one thing too, that you can do is, you know, if you have an intuition about something that seems a little suspect, you can say a little prayer to yourself, ask yourself, you know, is this in alignment with my highest and best good for, you know, and in alignment with the highest and best good for myself and others, something like this, and really, you know, kind of pray on that or meditate on that and see what, see what comes up. And, you know, maybe an intuition regarding the intuition will, will occur because you take it out of the personal and put it into the more, you know, transpersonal level of looking at things, you know, the, the holistic way of looking at things. So. Those are some ideas about intuition. I hope you find them helpful. I thank you uh, for joining us. I'm going to wrap it up now. We're getting close to an hour. Uh, unless you have something else to add, Chris? No, no I think that's, uh, that's about it. And, All right. you know, just learn to trust and move in that. I think we know more than we know that we know. I think we know more than we know that we know. I think there's a song in that. Be. <laughs> you might you may want to write that an intuitional little ditty i think <laughs> i think we know more than let me put it to music <laughs> put it to music man yeah, right. that's it but there you go there's there's intuition voice so thank you for joining us today uh and every week on the cosmic eye show uh please uh, like i said support us if you can anchor.fm slash cosmic eye or talk about us on social media you know share share us if you if you like what we're doing here Uh, We appreciate you listening, and we hope that you uh, get something good out of the show each week. Uh, We will be here every Monday. We have a new show. Um, We're also going to start doing some some midweek stuff. I talked about this past. We didn't quite get the traction on it, but we're going to be starting to do some some new and interesting kind of midweek shows as well. So listen for those. Uh, Check us out at CosmicEye.org or at ChrisSheridan.com, and do... Uh, purchase our books if you get a chance. Uh, if you can worry, you can meditate is my book. And Chris's is The Spirit in the Sky. Thank you again for joining us. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless. <laughs>